All right, so I told you guys we're celebrating dads today, right? You got to celebrate dads in a big way. So we've got a pops for pops on the way out, right? So uh, dads, you all, uh, you get the goods today. It's not a Dr. Pepper, I know. Like, who, who would ever imagine that uh, we would give away pops for pops and there would not be Dr. Pepper? It's all good. It's all really, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> so Father's Day is a special day for most of us. Now, for me, I got to, you know, lean into that a little bit. Special day for me. I'm a dad. But I think all of us have dads. Or at least we're here. We're born. We had a dad. And we realize that Father's Day is a day of celebration, but Father's Day can always also be a day that is pretty tough because after all, some of us long to be dads and haven't been able to. Some of us have lost our dads. And some of us are strained in our relationship with our dads. And so today, we want to pray for you. We want to pray and rejoice with those who are rejoicing, but we also want to mourn with those who mourn. And if you need comfort this Father's Day, not only do we grieve with you, we stand together to support you. The best news of all, especially for those of us who are struggling with fathers who aren't perfect, and by the way, none of us have fathers that are perfect. Right. Ah, thank you, Craig. That helps. None of us have fathers that are perfect. We do have a, let's try that. A little more? There we go. That should help. Thank you. Yes, I need, I need interpretive signals for the guy in the booth, right? So that I know, I know what this means, right? <laughs> so, whew, which thing do I need to check? All right. All right. So Jesus taught us, right, that no matter what our fathers were like on earth, that we have a father in heaven, holy is his name. And that Father in heaven loves us more than we will ever be able to grasp or imagine or really wrap our minds around. And so if your relationship with your own father is not where, it, where you would like it to be, I would like you to find comfort in the fact that we have a Father in heaven who loves us deeply. deeply. Ernest Hemingway once wrote a story about a father and his teenage son. And in the story, the relationship had become strained, and the teenage son ran away from home. The setting for this story was in Spain. It's a short story called The Capital of the World. The father eventually began a journey to search for his son that he loved. And finally, in Madrid, Spain, the, the son had run off to Spain because he wanted to be a bullfighter. In a last desperate attempt to find the boy searching all over Madrid, he was unable. The father put an ad in a local newspaper. The ad read this, Dear Paco, now in Madrid, Spain at the time, Paco was about as common as John or Bill is today. Bill, Bill. <laughs> right. Dear Paco, 
Meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. The next day in front of the newspaper office, 800 Pacos showed up, all seeking forgiveness, seeking the love of their father. I think our father in heaven would certainly remind us that all is forgiven. The redemption is possible. The reconciliation is powerful. And that our Father in heaven loves us. So, if you're a dad and you'd like to be prayed for today, maybe you'd give me that arm reach out, right? We'll just, we'll just pray for you. Right? No, just leave it up. Like, I want to I pray for you. I'm going to pray with you. And if you, need, if you have a dad and you need prayer for you and your dad, Maybe you want prayer, and maybe, maybe just reach that arm out. And if you want to pray with me for dads, then maybe you'll reach your arm out. So let's do it. Jesus, we thank you for our dads. We thank you for their love. We thank you for their wisdom. We thank you for the ways they held us accountable to truth over the years. We thank you for the way fathers lift us up and point us, more importantly, to you. As dads, and on behalf of the dads in the room, we confess that we are not perfect and that we need your grace and your mercy and your wisdom as we raise our own kids. And Lord, we pray for those who are actively parenting in this current season of life that you would provide all that is necessary and all that is needed. Lord, we thank you for those of us... (laughs) who wish that we could talk more with dad. Lord, we stand and we grieve with those who grieve. We pray for your comfort. Lord, I thank you that my dad is with you and I look forward to the day where I see him again. And Lord, I pray for all of us who may be strained in our relationship with our children or with our fathers. I pray that you would work in ways that only you can so that, so that soon we could know that all is forgiven. More than anything, Jesus, we thank you that we have a Father in heaven who loves us more than we will ever understand. And we find our life, our identity, and our purpose in you, Jesus, and in our Father in heaven. We celebrate dads today, and we pray your blessing on all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So today we're going to begin a new series. We're going to call it Prayer 101. I don't know about you, but I find that It doesn't matter how many years I've prayed. I mean, it does, but it doesn't matter how many prayers I've prayed. That I often look at my prayer life and think, yeah, but I got a long way to go. That I don't have it all figured out. That I don't have all the answers. We began this year with a memory verse. It was Galatians 6, 9. Do you remember that verse? Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we'll reap a harvest. If we do not give up, 
in that light, we began a series at the beginning of the year called Stronger. We were in Ephesians chapter 6 in our Bibles. We did a deep dive into what the book of Ephesians sort of refers to as the armor of God. That it is what provides strength for life's battles. And we talked about how to stand strong when under attack. Today I want to take you right back to that same text. Ephesians chapter 6. And maybe you would open your Bible with me to that very place. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. We give Bibles away for free. We think everybody should have a Bible. Because after all, the Bible is just God's direct word to us. And I actually want to pick up where I left off because it, truth in advertising, I ran out of time in that series. And I did not get to finish the armor of God. And so to begin this series on prayer today, I want to take us to that place where it says, Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert and keep on praying always for all the Lord's people. And he goes on from there to talk about prayer some more. And I will explain that more in a bit, but I want to assure you that God listens to our prayers. And that's a powerful concept if you think about it, that God really listens to prayer. Listen to this. Psalm 66, verse 19. But God has surely listened. Psalm 66, verse 19, rather. God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Have you ever been distracted because you were too tuned in here and someone was talking to you, but you had other things going on. And so in your mind, you were paying attention to something else. And so there's a conversation going on over here, but you're over here. Anybody? You've been there. You've also been on the other end of that, haven't you? Where you're the one talking and the person is this. And you're thinking, they're not listening to what I'm saying. Now, that doesn't have to involve phones and technology. It can be a TV in front of someone. It can be a, a daydream someone's in in their head. Someone can just be lost in space, this space, right, sort of. And you're talking away, and you're thinking to yourself, they have no earthly idea what I'm saying. I often think to myself, how tremendous is God that when I am talking to him that he is not distracted by everything else and everybody else likewise I've had the experience where two people are talking to me at once I hear neither in fact, I had an experience this week where I talked to myself. It was a weird deal. I won't try to explain all of it. But I had to think, talk, and hear me all saying different things all at the same moment. I could not focus on anything. So imagine the brilliance of God who can hear millions or billions of prayers 
simultaneously and still want to tune in and listen to you. That alone is the evidence of God. And so I want to bring us back to Ephesians 6. And I would remind you that Ephesians 6 was about being strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he told us, you might remember, to put on the full armor of God. I'm not going to run through it all now because we did an entire series on this. We went piece by piece through the armor of God, talking about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, all the different pieces of the armor of God, that we are in a battle that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he gets to the end of this and says, take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. There's no break here. In fact, it's as though, really, truthfully, grammatically, it really says something like, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying in the spirit. That the praying is a means by which we do all of what we do with the armor of God. With this in mind, he says, as we pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And I notice the word all has showed up a couple of times. It actually shows up four times in the verse. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying. That always is actually an all in the original language for all of the Lord's people. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I should declare it fearlessly as I should. Now he ends the letter. Tychicus the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything. He was apparently the deliverer of this letter to the Ephesian people. Paul writing from prison, Tychicus traveling some distance to deliver this letter. He said, he will tell you so that you know how I'm doing and what I'm doing. And I am sending him to you for this very purpose so that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. And then he ends with a prayer of sorts benediction of sorts peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from god the father and the lord jesus christ grace to all who love our lord jesus christ with an undying love i love that last verse grace to all who love our lord jesus with an undying love i just want to connect for you the dots today that he says be strong in the lord and in his mighty power and then in verse that's verse 10 in verse 18 he says praying so part of what we're going to need to do in this series is we're going to have to dig into what prayer is and isn't and prayer is a conversation prayer is talking to god if we just want to boil it all down to its most basic elemental prayer 101 sort of way of looking at it Prayer is talking to God. But we have some false images of prayer that we're going to need to deal with, and we'll deal with these in the weeks ahead. 
just as an example of a false image, we think of prayer like a genie in a bottle, not this kind of bottle necessarily, but, you know, prayer is the wiki, 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 and the genie pops up and says, what do you want? And we say, I want, and we expect the genie to give us what we want. That's a false image of prayer, but it's often how we envision prayer. Now, Jesus says, ask, but he also says to ask in his name. All concepts we're going to have to dig into. What I really want to do with Prayer 101 is I want to spend the summer challenging us to be stronger in prayer as a church. You pray, don't you? Would it be good if you were stronger in prayer? Yeah, we want to do that. Your small group prays, doesn't it? Would it be good if your small group was stronger in prayer? Would it be, would it be beneficial if our church was stronger in prayer? We have a prayer team. Craig. You lead the prayer team. Would it be great if the prayer team was stronger in prayer? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now I can look myself in the mirror and ask the exact same question. Brian, would it be good if you were stronger? Would it be better if you were stronger in prayer? Yeah. And yet, at times, I find, if I'm just humble and honest, prayer to be so challenging. Because if God were really listening right here, right now, I would think I would run to embrace God and talk to him. But since I do not see the physical presence of God, I am often tuned out rather than tuned in. Because he is present right here, right now. Here's what I want you to get out of the series, the one thing today is about. I'm phrasing it collectively rather than individually on purpose. We're stronger when we're praying. You and I, together, we're stronger when we're praying. I could have said, I'm stronger when I'm praying. I did not phrase it that way, purposefully. That we are the family of God to each other, that we are built with each other to be the community of God as a part of the kingdom of God. That there is something powerful collectively when we pray. In fact, one of the things I want to ask you <coughs> excuse me, to think about doing is I want to ask you to think about joining our prayer team. You might say to yourself, you know what? I don't know if I'm good enough or, you know, if I pray well enough to be a part of the prayer team. Join the club. The prayer team is not a bunch of people who are prayer warriors who are experts in prayer. Now, we have, a, we have some prayer warriors on the team, people who are far better at praying than I am, people who are far more sincere or, or stronger in prayer than I am, people I want to learn from in prayer. But I'm trying to say to you, we do not expect perfection to be a part of our prayer team. What we do ask is that you take those prayer requests seriously before the Lord. Now, I realize there's a bit of a burden in that. Because when you're on the prayer team, you hear the burdens of the church. But isn't that part of being family to each other? Rejoicing with those who rejoice, mourning with those who mourn. So if you'd like to join the prayer team, that's something you can also do on your communication card, by the way. What we will do is we will send you an email that sort of outlines how things work. We will ask you to make a commitment 
to take those seriously. Again, not to take those perfectly. We're not asking a certain amount of quantity of time of prayer or a number of days of prayer. Just that you'll say, I'll take these seriously before the Lord. And one more piece, that this prayer session or this prayer sense that we have with each other is not a gossip sharing session. That prayer is not, let me tell you what I heard about so-and-so. Prayer is talking to God about very serious circumstances that sometimes require our utmost confidentiality. You, I'm sure, would understand that as you have laid things out before the prayer team and before the church before that you might not want shouted from the rooftops. Prayer, again, is just communicating with God. It is talking with God. I think about the language of verse 18. Pray always. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with all kinds of prayer. Be alert. Keep watch. And pray. Always keep on praying. Pray for all the saints. That alone is its own outline. In fact, I think I marked those in your notes. I did. I did. That alone is its own outline. What do we pray? We pray always. Say, so, how, how does that work? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. It's like when it says in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. I think we have to have moments where we go into our prayer closet, if you will, where we're literally on our knees. And I think there are other moments where you're going through life and you're communing with God and you're relating with God and you're driving down the road and you're talking with God. Now realize you can't be too distracted from driving down the road, but you are talking with God as you're doing it. You're meeting with people and you're talking with God. Right? That there is a praying without ceasing that allows for a sense of always connecting with God in everything you are doing. But here I would have you just understand that there is a sense in which the armor of God is the way that we win the battles of this life. But prayer is the energy with which the battles are fought. That prayer is the strength in which the battles are fought. It's why I say prayer is strength to title this message. That prayer is the energy that enables the Christian soldier to wear the armor of God and wield the sword of the Spirit. So what do we pray? How do we pray? Those are things we'll explore in the days ahead. But I want to give you four simple prayers today. And one of the greatest prayers we can pray is a prayer like this, a prayer that says, God, would you fill us? Would you fill us? In fact, one of the best pictures of what it means to be a Christian is the picture of filling, to be filled with the Spirit of God rather than filled with the things of this world, rather than filled with the distress of this world, rather than filled with the pride of this world or the temptations of this world, but to be filled with the Spirit of God. So I want to give you four simple prayers today that provide strength right here from the book of Ephesians. Prayer number one is this, fill us with strength for life's battles. If prayer is strength, if prayer makes us stronger, if we're stronger when we're praying, then a great prayer to pray is fill us with strength for life's battles. Verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God 
so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We said back when we were in the series, Stronger, that to be strong is really to be strengthened. Now, the world says be strong, like that's something you do on your own. But the Bible says, Jesus says, be strengthened, to have strength poured into you. So we're praying, Lord, fill us with your strength for your battle. That the devil is mighty, yes, but he is also vulnerable to the strength of the Lord. And that to put on the armor is to become more like Jesus. So something powerful to pray is fill us with strength, which is the same as saying, make me more like Jesus. Jesus, please make me more like you. Now, if you pray that prayer, do you expect that God just stays passive in your circumstances? Or do you expect that God allows certain circumstances that are going to be challenging? Do you think Jesus faced challenging circumstances? People who opposed him, people who spoke against him. If I'm going to be made like Jesus, that means I'm going to go through some of the things Jesus went through. Jesus was not immune to temptation. He was tempted just as we are, yet he was without sin. I'd like that to be me. It is not me but I would like it to be me. If it's going to be me, then I need to be made more like Jesus. For that to happen, I need to be filled with what Jesus has, his strength. Does this make sense? God, fill us with strength for life's battles. Number two, God, fill us with your word. Fill us with your word. He says here, verse 19, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, that words may be given me. Interestingly, many, many words were given to Paul such that we have his words transformed into God's word contained in this beautiful library that we call the Bible. If the Bible is new to you, I would just remind you that the guy who wrote this wrote not quite, but, you know, close to half of this New Testament, starting with what we call the book of Romans and going through some personal letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, some question about whether he wrote the book of Hebrews, we could chase that rabbit, but we're not going to chase rabbits today. But there's so many letters in the New Testament that he said, pray that I might be filled with words, that words may be given me. Literally, it says that words may be put in my mouth. So I think one of the best prayers we can pray is that we would be filled with God's word. That as a people, when we gather on Sundays, 
we would be filled with God's word. And as a people, as we're scattered on Mondays, that we would still be filled with God's same word. So that we would have God's word to speak to ourselves, that we would have God's word to speak to others, that we would have God's word to speak to our lost friends, which is really the context that he is asking this. In a sense of humility, I would, by extension, ask that you pray this prayer for me. If you would like our church to be stronger, then ask God to fill me as our pastor with his word. That his utterances would be in my mouth. Because I often, when I pray before messages, pray that it wouldn't be me speaking, that it would be God speaking. Or I'll say something like, between what I say and we hear, I pray that God would speak. That's because if, if you need Brian's, Brian's opinion is worth, I mean, I have some wisdom, but, it, but if you hear an utterance from God on Sundays, that's powerful. A word from God can carry you through seasons of life. So one of the greatest things you can pray for me, as Paul said here, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearless make, fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that for me. Because I want for you a word from God when we do what we're doing on Sundays. It's why we preach the word. It's why such a significant portion of our worship is committed to spending time in this book. And it's why we preach it in context, sort of making our way through the verses. And really, I, I, I describe it to preacher friends this way. In fact, I had a conversation with someone this week. And I said, really what I want when we walk away on Sundays is I want us to have had a text in the Bible that we have rolled around in so much that it's sort of all over us. And when we walk out the door, I want us to know what to do about it, how to put it into practice, how to live it. So pray for me that I might be filled with God's word. But <laughs> that's a great prayer to pray for anyone. Pray it for those you love. Pray it for those you struggle with. Pray it for those you work with. Jesus said to pray for our enemies. Wouldn't it be great if they were filled with a word from God, with the mystery of the gospel? It really is the solution to the issues we have in this life. So fill us with strength for life's battles. Fill us with your word. Number three, fill our friends with your grace. Fill our friends with your grace. We could say, fill our community with your grace. We could say, fill our cities with your grace. Fill our state with your grace. Fill our nation with your grace. Fill our world with your grace. Fill our neighbors with your grace. Fill our coworkers with your grace. Pray also for me, he says, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which... I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. 
One writer wrote it this way. He said, Paul says that he is an ambassador in chains. He was aware of the many ambassadors who came to Rome from afar and near. He, though in prison at the will of the powerful Roman emperor, felt the dignity and tremendous importance of his position as a representative of the king of kings. He was a bearer of the word of his royal master, the word that had entreated people who were at enmity with him to be reconciled with God. And because of the way he has thus represented the Lord, he was in chains. This is just a long way of saying that he had brought a word from God as an ambassador, and because he did, he was now in chains. And yet when he prays, he does not pray for the chains to be loosened but for his mouth to be open with the word, the gospel, the good news of grace of Jesus Christ. See, one of the most powerful things we can do if we want God to say yes to our prayers is that we can pray for things that we know God already wants to say yes to. And one of the things God wants to say yes to is our friends, our community, our co-workers, our family living in a relationship with Jesus Christ and understanding, as Paco did, that all is forgiven and that you are loved. And so I don't have to ask God whether or not he wants me to share the mystery of the gospel with those around me. The answer is already yes, And so there is nothing more powerful than to pray in line with what God already wants to do. So one of the greatest prayers we can pray that would strengthen us is God, fill our friends with your grace. Not just the sense in which they learn to be forgivers as well, but very much the sense in which they receive and have a personal relationship with the God of grace, where they come to grace where grace begins to define their life as it has defined your life. What a beautiful thing that we are those ambassadors. And you say, well, this doesn't say that we are those ambassadors. This says that Paul is that ambassador, and I'm much more comfortable letting Paul be an ambassador of God than I am being an ambassador of God myself. Because Paul might know what to say, but I might not know what to say. Notice that he called it the mystery of the gospel, that there was always, no matter what you say, a mystery involved in the utterances of grace. And I would remind you, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That the ambassadorship falls in a collective we, not just a few paid professionals that are you know, better at sharing Jesus than we are. So when I'm at the grocery store and I'm ambassador for Christ, do you think God might have a word for those folks in those moments? When I am on Facebook, where it is easy in social media to have a word from Brian... I am actually an ambassador for Christ, and I need to be mindful of whose word I am putting out to people. 
When I am at my place of employment, I am an ambassador for Christ. When I am with my neighbors, I am an ambassador for Christ. And you say, yes, Brian, but you are a pastor. No, I am not an ambassador for Christ because I am a pastor. I am an ambassador for Christ because I am a Christian. It's not my job. It is what it means to be a disciple. So one of the greatest prayers we can pray is, God, fill our friends with your grace. Fill our community with your grace. It's why we do all of the outreach things that we do through the year. It's why we give away backpacks full of school supplies to our partners at Monroe Middle School. It's why we invite people to all kinds of different things we do through the year. It's why we challenge you to have people you're praying for that you invite to these services. It's why we challenge you to learn how to share your story. Because you are not just the recipient of the gospel, you are an ambassador of the gospel. That is to say that you and I are not cul-de-sacs to whom much grace is given, but we are conduits through whom even more grace will be given. One last prayer, number four. Fill our hearts with an undying love for Jesus. You want to be stronger? Pray that. Fill our hearts with an undying love for Jesus. I'm afraid that in our churches these days, and by extension, in our denominations these days, that we have lost our first love. That we are to be characterized by a love that never dies because that's the way his love is. That his love is a love that nothing can separate us from, neither height nor depth. Remember that verse, Romans 8? That nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that same undying love is to become so characteristic of us that it spills out of our lives into our relationship with one another and out of our relationship with one another into our community. That there is this cascading waterfall of love that flows from God to us, to those around us. And it all echoes a beautiful picture of what the kingdom of God is meant to be like. So my prayer for you is that we have a love that will not die out. That this church would be filled with a love that would not die for Jesus Christ. That would not die for each other. That would not die for the world around us. That although it would tell us God is not what it wants, is dying to know. Your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, dying to know that love is real. And that love has a name. Our culture loves to say that love is love. Scripture says that God is love. There is something powerful when we are filled with the undying love of Jesus, but also an undying love for Jesus. Verse 24, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. What a beautiful picture.
Four prayers. Fill us with strength for life's battles. Fill us with your word. Fill, us, fill our friends with your grace. Fill our hearts with an undying love for Jesus. Sounds like a good starting point to me. What about you? I always end our services with two prayers. And I'd like to pray them for us today. To bring this home and land this. <laughs> the first is a prayer of salvation. If you don't have Jesus or you do not understand all this stuff I've been talking about today, suffice it to say that the starting line, the starting point is just to realize that God would say to you that if you are Paco, all is forgiven. The reason all is forgiven is because the son of Jesus or the son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a borrowed grave. He came back to life on the third day. And that the power of the love of God is available for you and I, for all of us. Would you receive it? If you would receive that love today, maybe you'd pray with me just like this. If you're watching online, you can pray it as well. Maybe you'd put your hands out and just say, Dear Jesus, please forgive my sins and fill me with your love. Jesus, please take over my life and be my God and make me like you, Jesus. Jesus, be my God, be, be in charge of me, be my Lord. Jesus, I give my life to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That is a prayer of salvation. It is a prayer of forgiveness. It is the starting point for a walk, for a life, for a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer today, I would love to know it. You can let me know here. You can let me know on a communication card. You can seek me out after service. You can email me. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at harvestchurcheugene.com. We would love to hear from you and celebrate that decision with you. Many of you prayed a prayer like that some years ago. Would you agree? Yeah. And yet we still need to grow in prayer, don't we? We want to be stronger. So how does that happen? Well, we pray our second prayer, a prayer of application. And again, I don't want to pray it for you. I want to pray it with you. I want you to pray it. So maybe you will echo it with me. Dear Jesus, make us a people of prayer. And make us stronger in prayer and because of prayer. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your strength. Fill us with your word. Fill our friends with your grace, our community with your grace, our neighbors, with your grace. Give me the courage to fearlessly make known the mystery of the good news. Fill our hearts with an undying love for you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I have one last thing I want to share with you, and then I want to close. Many of you know that I traveled this week to gather together with people from across our denomination to do what is considered to be probably the largest business-type gathering meeting that happens on the planet everywhere. I was gathered together. If you've ever sat through a, I'm Baptist by background, by the way. If you have questions about our denomination, I'd be glad to talk. I'm sure you might have heard something this week in the news about Southern Baptists or gatherings or meetings or something. I, all I know to say is this. When your family gets together, do you agree on everything? I think not. COVID would teach us that. Masks would teach us that. So this week, 20,000 brothers and sisters in the Lord gathered together. And we love Jesus passionately, but if I'm honest, we struggle to love each other well. But we preach the Bible, we share God's grace with all the peoples of the world. We're a very big family that sometimes has conflict with each other. But this week, we stood to support abuse survivors, stand against all forms of racism, speak truth to power, to remind all of us that the local church holds the hope of the world and the grace of Jesus Christ. And I got back on the plane absolutely convinced that I was coming home to a city I love, to a family I love, to a region I love. And if I could say it bluntly, Far, thank, far more thankful that I serve in this part of the country than in the deep south. I love their sweet tea and their barbecue. I'm not a church politics guy by any means. But I'm certain of this. It's powerful when we stand together for grace. And it's powerful when God does something so powerful where we really love each other. And this local church does that, and I am thankful for you. So today as we go, I want you to go in that grace of knowing that his love is good. And by the way, remember, all church barbecue, all church, uh, what do we call it, all church barbecue next Sunday, hamburgers, hot dogs, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to have you there. We'll be outside. All you've got to do is tell me on the communication card you're going to be there. Next Sunday, right after church. Does that sound good? It's another chance to love one another. You can do it online too. Yeah, there's a link for that. It's in the newsletter. It's in all the places that, uh, that we put information out. So know this, friends. It is my deep privilege to be your pastor, and I love you. As you go today, know this. You are loved, but you are not only loved. You are ambassadors, and so you are sent. I'll be outside if you need anything. So glad you're here. Oh, and dads, pop for pops on the way out today. A pin. <laughs>